everyone welcome to the house of learning podcast it's richard and ryan here hello doing a little um well i say summertime intro it's kind of dull outside early <laughs> the premonition of summer is with us <sighs> and uh yeah we're doing a little extra intro because we are actually taking june to release some really well we wanted to talk about some really important topics but we've had some great conversations in the past and uh ryan was on vacation uh has a lot going on i'm about to have a bunch of time off because i need to remodel my bathrooms <laughs> pray for the tambora household that it's not underwater uh there's a lot going on so with like okay let's re-release some of these things because there's a kind of trajectory in these right and yeah. so so what what do we pick and why did it float to the surface that's our little now we can't spend an entire podcast answering that question yep. which i know you are going to be prone to do yes <laughs> um well yeah so we're re-releasing some uh older conversations on uh, one on baptism we've got uh two on communion more broadly and then we've got a nice nerdy uh conversation uh on the communion elements where yes. you get to hear a, a bible nerd a theology nerd and a philosopher uh, oh, I don't get to be a nerd. Well, What's up with that? Sorry, a philosophy nerd. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> philosophers, I guess. Yeah, because otherwise it would be like a theologian, a philosopher, and a bibliologist. Like, what's, yeah, well, what's yeah, the noun for a biblical studies? I guess I just think of philosophers as just definitely nerds. Yeah. Okay. So I'm down with that. Yeah. <laughs> but a philosophy nerd. Yeah. Uh, get to have um, a disagreement about the nature of the elements and and things like that. And it was yeah. it was a fun. That was a Maybe fun in the future. That was actually a fun two. one for a lot of reasons. You'll, you'll, uh, one, it started from a Facebook post, I think. It's, oh, that's right. It was I at remember. the beginning of COVID. And uh, Amber and I, my wife, uh, we were recording at home because of COVID. And uh, we, our um, landscapers came by that day and started. Uh, doing some landscaping oh, yeah, right outside our window because I could see you guys on Zoom and yep. you were like being chased around video. the house by the noise. So like we, whichever room you we went moved in. from the couch, I think, <laughs> to the bathroom, and then they went to the backyard where the bathroom's window is at, and so then we had to move back into the living room. Yes. So that was a fun one. There's... And uh, the first ones in this little mini series are from a while ago when Daniel Golder was around, mm. who I've seen recently. If you're wondering, he's doing well in Sherwood, doing awesome. Um, and yeah, so it sort of uh, turned back the clock a little bit as well. Yeah. But yeah, these are important topics. Like we do comedian every single week, mm-hmm. and yeah, we realised like we haven't talked about them on the podcast for I mean, what did you say? A couple of years? Yeah, yeah, wow, right? Uh, yeah, I think the first three yeah. were 2019. Yeah, so a long time ago. Yeah. And so yeah, this is, it is like uh, these are topics. 
I think there's such a richness in baptism and communion, amongst other things. Yeah. But I think of all the areas of church life where I'm often talking to Christians and feeling like, oh man, like I feel like I've had the opportunity to explore this richness. But we don't often talk about it in a way that other people encounter the richness. So it can be like, oh, it's a thing we do. Yeah, I guess it's grown normal, but I'm not really sure why. So hopefully over this month, yeah, you'll end up in July being like, oh, man, communion's <laughs> the best. Like, I'm loving it. And yeah. just, yeah, it'll really enrich things for you. And next time there's baptisms, whether you're yes. getting baptized or watching a baptism, that again, there'll be like an enrichment yeah. of an appreciation. And another good reason why to re-release the baptisms is because we can do baptisms again. That's right. Yes. That's so exciting. I it love is. baptisms. I know. I love it. It brings tears to my eyes every yeah, time. It does. Okay. Yeah. So over to the podcast. Enjoy. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's House of Learning podcast. We're really glad that you're listening. My name's Richard. Uh, I'm one of the pastors of House of Learning. And I'm Molly. I'm on staff here at Westside on the House of Learning team as well. And I'm Daniel, and I am one of the House of Learning pastors as well. So there you go. The three regulars back together once again. And this week, uh, we're going to talk about communion yes so we do this supper really regularly and again it's one of those things was a couple of weeks ago we had one on baptism it's like hey we do this all the time yeah we should talk about what the bible says about it same kind of deal and yeah there's different words for it so communion the lord's supper eucharist eucharist you know all these words got like a different background or as we say often here at west side the table the table Mm -hmm. yeah which is just an interesting little slice of history. Yeah, yeah. Actually comes out of people's deference for the elements, the bread and the cup, that they yeah. would refer to the thing they're sat on <laughs> out of deference for the, yeah. yeah. It's interesting. It's kind of like saying someone's passed on rather than, oh, yeah, they're dead now. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And the name, it, it's funny, the name kind of highlights maybe the importance that that practice brings like like for communion that comes from that greek word koinonia there's like a fellowship a participation but with eucharist uh the greek word thanksgiving which is another element which i think is so funny we've got different names but they all kind of put a piece of the puzzle together of what communion actually is but it's supposed to be a big deal for the church Mm -hmm. and actually i love the word eucharist and i love that it means thanksgiving because it's kind of funny how um, it can feel in some churches like communion time is a time to be like quiet and morbid and like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like as a kid going to church, I was like, what is this weird thing we do? We all act depressed for the next 10 minutes. Like <laughs> yes. what's, what's going on? Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, well, so, and, and that's, what's interesting too is, uh, so I grew up on the mission. I grew up overseas in Europe and I'll never forget my first. So this was my first time taking communion after moving to the u.s uh, for university and i was at the university and they had this evening chapel thing and they were going to do communion and i grew up with communion being real wine because hmm. that's what the bible says you heathens <laughs> and uh and I, I i it was this moment it was powerful i was encountering jesus i was thinking i was remembering i was caring i was you know think just in the moment and I, I ripped off a, a hunk of bread and I dipped it in a wine cup and I was meditating on the Lord's suffering. And I put the, the, the bread 
into my mouth and they had used sweet Welch's grape juice <laughs> in the wine cup. Yeah, and it's it a just, shock. It ripped me out of the <laughs> so quickly. Yeah. Whereas you go to some high churches and they use this special communion wine that's got so much alcohol in for, for its disinfectant properties. Oh, that It's makes like sense. someone just sprayed Lysol in your mouth. Like it's a completely different taste experience. Yeah. 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 It's interesting, like throughout church history, the questions that Christians have wrestled with around communion. Because yes. actually for, for a long time, people did have huge arguments about like what kind of bread mm-hmm. it should be, about what kind of wine it should be, and even like what should you do? Yeah. Like after you're done, like one of the questions in medieval Christendom was what do the church mice eat? You know, so, the, so the crumbs of bread, yes. that, you know, drop on the floor that the church mice eat. Like, are they taking communion? Like what's going on? It was a whole window <laughs> on the questions they had about communion. Yes. Which really matters, particularly in, you know, the medieval era in the Catholic church where transubstanti- transubstantiation is coming onto the scene. Uh, and actually we should ask our resident Former Catholic about, former Catholic. about yeah. So that so there's a technical word, and we're just if you're listening and you're about to switch off, don't worry. We're not going to spend the next twenty twenty minutes like discussing technical theories. Correct of communion. No. There will be a link in the notes if yeah. you want to read more. If you want to read more, yeah. But this is a huge one. It's dom- It's been a really predominant view in church history, and I know we have got loads of people. I bump into them all the time. And Molly, you're one of them, like people at Westside who are like, oh, yeah, I used to go to a Catholic church or I was raised a Catholic. And so you've had some kind of interaction in your past with this thing called transubstantiation, which is a weird long word. It is. It's kind of like a theological show off you word. Like if you're if you're a seminary student, you throw that out and it's like all impressive. Is it? Yeah. From my experience, you know, when you're when you're using like a million dollar word, when the ten dollar word will be. It may be more impressive than the table. Well, no, 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 no. So, so, but transubstantiation is a technical term that refers to something very specific. What's the what's the ten dollar word instead of transubstantiation? Yeah, that's actually a good. That's what I'm. That's what I'm asking. Because uh, I knew that I knew the word when I was like ten. Because yeah. I hang out with Catholics. Yes. So I think it, the I think the way the ten dollar way to describe it would just be the Catholic understanding of communion. Oh, okay. So I don't know if there's so, a one. So what is it? Just so real quick. So we can word. finally explain yeah. it. We should so move on before we have like yeah. the $20 version <laughs> and the $50 version. Yeah. <laughs> people are just annoyed with us. Um, it's actually just this understanding of, of the change of the elements between um, just it being bread and wine to the actual substance or essence of Jesus Christ in his body and his blood. Right. His his. It, it transforming into physical yep. flesh and physical, physical blood, blood after being ingested. Yeah. Yep. And so this comes from the Bible. Yes. So we've got mm-hmm. like Luke 22 and actually yeah, all the gospel accounts record for us the Last Supper. So we should do like there's a little bit of history here, but just like really quickly, Jesus sat down and had a Passover meal. And we'll talk about what a Passover meal is. Good Lord. Um, and he, he t- tweaked their understanding. Yes. He, he took something that for the Jews was already like a special symbolic ritual, kind of one of these things where God is using tangible stuff to help us interact with spiritual realities. Um, and Jesus said, hey, I want you to do this this way. But there's this form of words. So, for example, in Luke 22, um, it says he took the bread and then when he had given thanks, he broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
and then likewise the cup after they'd eaten. So he hands around the cup and he says, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. And so there's some variation um, in 1 Corinthians. Paul talks about it as well. But there's there's some phraseology here yes. where uh, essentially there's a meal mm-hmm. and we're handing around bread and a cup of wine and there's some connection between the bread and Jesus's body and the cup and Jesus's blood. And transubstantiation was the answer to the question like, well, what's the relation between the bread and Jesus's body? And transubstantiation's answer is, oh, the bread actually becomes really Jesus's body. It doesn't symbolize it. It doesn't remind you. It actually is it because Jesus used the word it. So they're being like super literal about the way they're understanding scripture. Yes. And that and that really is like one of the big questions. If we want to understand like what are we doing, then we probably need to like answer that question. Yeah. But but maybe the the history it would be a good place to start, right? So it's a Passover meal. And so let's do, do you want to do like a, a two minute here's what Passover is? Who wants to do that? Exodus eleven and twelve. Look at that. Molly is prepared. <laughs> um so for those of you who are familiar with with this narrative starting in Genesis, we've, we, we're coming to Exodus and the uh, people are enslaved under Egypt and they are... The Jewish people. The Jewish people, sorry, I did not clarify, um, are about to be um, set free where the Exodus starts to take place. But right before then, Exodus 11 and 12, there's this this punishment of the firstborn child and there's an exemption that takes place of the Israelites of this death of the firstborn child so they mark their doors with lamb's blood am I correct in that yep and and it it signifies that they are going to be exempt from this death of the firstborn child in their family and so that's kind of where this Passover this word Passover takes place is as as the spirit of God passes over the death of the firstborns in the Israelite families are exempt. And then that's where the Exodus takes place. And that's where they're able to kind of remember and take hold of the reality that God has set them free from slavery under the Egyptians and set them free out um, into, well, we know what happens. They wander for a while, but eventually it's to the promised land. But it's it's that kind of climactic moment in the story of God's redemptive work. So they're slaves, They've got no hope, no way out. They're crying out to the Lord. They're desperate. They're just being oppressed. They've got no freedom of identity, no freedom to serve and worship God, no freedom mm-hmm. to to feel like they're pursuing the promises God's made to mm-hmm. them about what kind of nation yeah. they're supposed to be on earth. And then the blood of the lamb protects them from death. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Which we see that and we go, well, yeah, Jesus on the cross, that's what that's pointing to yeah but the disciples are sitting around the table with jesus and they haven't made that connection yeah and so jesus is sitting down at the passover meal and begins to change the view on what's happening as they remember but the jews they would they would celebrate this because this is this is like such an identity marker for them so every year they would and and they would kind of act the meal kind of acts out the redemptive story and it pulls into the foreground their appreciation of like Oh, God provided for us. God rescued yes. us. Yep. Like, and all these different aspects of the way God's cared for them and the actual acts, the things God did to make a difference that means they stand where they do in this kind of privileged position as free people that God has rescued. Yeah. And so they, they're telling this story. Um, and, and then Jesus 
you know, he, he does change things a little bit. But it's really interesting for me because I think like, okay, so we've got this question like, well, so when we take the bread and the cup, like what are we acting out? What are we doing? Like what? Because again, in our culture, we don't have symbolic meals. So this yeah. is kind of a, a weird thing. Well, and when Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me, what what is he saying? There? Yeah. What, what, you know, and do this when you, every time you gather together. Mm-hmm. Well, does that mean we're gathered together for a podcast? Does that mean we should take the bread and the cup now? Yeah. Does that mean we should do it once a week? Does that mean we should do it once a month? What, you know, they're, they're all the, it's such a core part of our expression of being the community of God, but there are these unanswered questions yeah. that leave the communities up uh, to interpret it for themselves. Yeah. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because in like Western evangelical Christianity, the markers of like, oh yeah, like when we get together, what do we do? Yeah. Have become so much of like, oh, we sing songs and we do a Bible study. Yes. And those are important things. Yes. But for loads of churches... You know, I, I, there are some church traditions where they don't take communion at all. Yeah. There are some where they do it once a year. And th- and then there's a spectrum all the way down to people who are like, yeah, like I had a meeting. And so we broke bread. Like we, okay. we had communion together. In defense of those people, I've never met anyone <laughs> who is that way. Theologically, it's out there. They're, they're a rarity. So here's an interesting little piece of the puzzle, okay? So uh, in the first century, Jesus is doing this Passover meal. Yes, And when he says, remember and do this, he's not telling his disciples new information because yeah. they're already remembering and acting out the Passover. He's just saying, hey, this now is going to be something you do that actually you're interacting, not just with the Passover, something I did in redemptive history, like in the past, but now the fulfillment of that in me in jesus yes, and my yeah. work and so they already had some kind of idea of like what kind of interaction they were having with bread and cup and yes. you know these these elements and in the mishnah which is like rabbinic writings from the first century it actually says this which is really interesting um and i'm gonna find it because i wrote it down here so it says in every generation a person should so regard themselves as if they themselves came out of Egypt. Mm. Yeah. So that's really insightful. So, you know, we're sat around having a Passover meal in the first century and we're taking bread and the bread would symbolize God's provision of manna. So yeah. this bread from heaven. So the children of Israel are wandering across a desert. They're like, great, we've escaped from Egypt. How do we get to actually being redeemed now? Like yes. being flourishing, like in the place we're yeah. supposed to be. And God says, hey, don't worry, you're not going to starve. Like every day I'm going to provide this supernatural provision of bread. And so they're, they're acting this reality out. Um, and, you know, as, they're, as, well, as we're sat around in the first century taking the bread, like, What's our interaction? Are we like giving it to our kids being like, hey, kids, remember hundreds and hundreds of years ago this happened? Yeah. Like, no, actually, it's a little different. We're supposed to take ourselves and realize that us and our story and who we are is actually a part of that story from 100 years ago. Yes. And we can place ourselves in the story as if it's actually us crossing a desert and needing God's provision and God's actually giving mana to us. Like, so when my child reaches out and takes the mana from me, I'm able to say to them, like, this is 
God's provision. They're, they're able to sort of act out with their body, taste, touch, like using all yes. their physicality, a way to interact with this reality that, yeah, this is a, a thing that's true about you. Yes. And we're stepping into the story presently because we, as often when we take uh, the, the bread and the cup and we remember the Lord, often what we're doing is we're remembering his sacrifice on the cross. Beautiful, amazing thing to do, meditating on the sacrifice he made and the suffering and the freedom we have from sin because of that. But our God's not dead. Yep. Yeah. He's alive and he's active in my life today, yesterday, last week. Mm-hmm. So as I'm remembering the Lord, I'm not just remembering what he did 2000 years ago. I'm remembering what what he said on Saturday. I'm encountering the living God today through the elements. Yeah, yeah there, there's this great quote by N.T. Wright that I think kind of summarizes what you were getting at, Richard. And he says, bringing the past story into the present such that the present audience becomes a part of that story and receives the benefit of that story. So yeah. it's like receiving that inheritance. Um, and we'll have that link uh, or that quote linked down below uh, by N.T. Wright. But I just think that just kind of hits yeah. right at what we're... But it, it's, it's an amazing thing, isn't it? Where like our past and our present kind of collide. Yeah. Yep. Yes. And it's, it's really interesting. We can... Uh, and actually, maybe we should, like, before we keep talking about that, we should, I mean, because you, you said we're remembering Jesus. So we talked about the Passover. And so, yeah, the bread was God's provision. But then what is it that God's provided to, like, accomplish making things right, making it possible for us to be this redeemed family of God, like, yeah. in the kingdom? It's his body. Yeah. Like, yep. his body had to be broken. He yeah. had to remake the mold of humanity. And then the cup was this cup of celebration. Yeah. Like it, it's done, it's accomplished. Like the nail has been put in the coffin. Like the, the thing that's oppressing us had been dealt a critical blow. Yes. And that's Jesus's blood. Like when he died, when he shed his blood on the cross, death no longer had any power. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and so sin and judgment and wrath and like all these things are way past them was made. And that's something to celebrate. And so these are the aspects of Jesus, like his his death, his resurrection, his crucifixion. Like all of these things are in the foreground when we're taking communion or yeah. having a Eucharist service. There's this one, uh, there's this, uh, one piece of um, kind of the Lord's Supper that we don't talk about very often. And it's on the road to Emmaus. Mm-hmm. So this is after Jesus has died and he's risen again. This is in Luke's account. Uh, and they, he's talking with these two guys and he's, and it says, you know, uh, uh, you know, they're talking about, he, he goes, so what's going on? They're like, have you been, where have you been? Have you not been aware of what's happening in Jerusalem over these last few days? There's this guy from Jesus from Nazareth and, you know, he died on the cross and all this different kind of stuff. And so it, and they don't recognize that they're talking to the Lord. And so, and this is Luke 24, 27, it says, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he, this is Jesus, interpreted to them all the scriptures, in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. And so when they drew near to the village where they were going, he acted as if he was going to go further, but they urged him strongly saying, stay with us. So anyways, fast forward uh, a couple of verses. So he went in to stay with them. Verse 30, when he was at the table and he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to him, then their eyes were opened. Hmm. it's this it's this it, it's this moment of wow this is where we start recognizing jesus alive mm-hmm. resurrected present today yeah in our lives 
And I want to throw out a word that I, th I think we use around Westside, but like lots of people use, it's really helpful, is like encountering God. Yes. So, so there's sort of different ways we can interact with Jesus. We can like have in our past encounter God in some way and like have faith. Like, yeah, I know he's out there. I know he's answering me. Um, yeah, I'm singing songs. I'm celebrating him. He's a part of my life. But then there's this extra kind of level, this mm. little extra piece where, you know, and I would love it to just be all day, every day. But yeah. realistically, like, I, I'm not sure I'm tuned in to notice it that much. Like, I yeah. know he's with me, but it's where my attention is actually taken up with the fact that God's interacting with me right now. Like, he's yes. speaking to me. He's manifesting himself to me. And I'm able to interact with him. Yes. Like, I, my my senses are tuned into the fact that he's manifesting himself to me. And that kind of encounter is really interesting because we yearn for that. Yeah. Like the, we just all want God to be more manifest in our lives. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting that communion is one of these places where actually God said, Hey, I know you need that. Yeah. So uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to institute that you guys regularly, frequently, do something that's going to help you interact with encountering me. Yeah. Go for it. Well, and I think something I would add to that is um, as we understand what communion is, I think in our 21st century context, we tend to see it through the lens of an individual experience, oh. and an individual mm -hmm. encounter with God, which is just so uh, far from the vision of human flourishing and this invitation of communion. It's fellowship. It's community. It's participation as an entire body, as the church coming before God and remembering what he has done, doing this in remembrance of us. Yeah. It's not just, and I think even the way that we take it, which this is no slam against, you know, the way that we do things, but we take our little cup and our little bread. And so it feels like our own experience, but really that opening that up to see vision for family of, of doing this around a table as a we've, family. We've come a far way from being a group of people around a dinner table. Yeah. Taking communion. I've got so funny that you, you bring up community or bring up the community aspect of community because I've got so much I want to say for this, but I just don't think we've got time uh, in this podcast for it. Yeah, I don't know how much. There's so many questions, but yeah. Should yeah. we, should we, uh, it might be a nice part two to our community yeah. discussion. Yeah, we, we will do a part two um, because there's all these aspects. I mean, we've talked about the past and our present, mm -hmm. but then um, actually maybe we can talk about this now because of unpacking the Bible part. Like, repeatedly there's this future aspect yeah. yep. and so yeah it's beautiful like jesus said when he instituted with his disciples um i will not do this again until when i i do it with you in my father's kingdom <laughs> so there's this kind of like hey you're you're entering by by celebrating this meal in this way you're entering into a reality that something's kind of true, but the ultimate fulfillment of it is still something you're longing for and waiting for. And then Paul in 1 Corinthians, he's talking to the Corinthian church about communion. And he even says to them, you know, as often as you do this, as you take the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he returns. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so there's this really interesting, like as we interact with communion, as one of the things remembering that, yeah as we're, we're remembering yeah yes. and and it's like this forward looking yearning and it brings the future reality right into the foreground that yeah that's who we are yep. we're waiting for Jesus to return we're waiting for him to fulfill his kingdom yeah. which doesn't mean 
that we're just sitting here nope. with our hands quietly on our laps. Yeah. Either. Yeah. But it it is something that ties in so beautifully our history uh, as followers of Jesus, thousands of years back, through to the present of what Jesus is doing today and on into the future about mm-hmm. what is coming. Yeah. yeah. And I think too, because there's so many names for this concept of communion, one of them being mass, which mo- the Catholics mostly use, but mm-hmm. it's coming from that, the Latin understanding of, of go, being sent out, go, mm-hmm. being sent out. That's what we do in that waiting period. It's it's that mission mindset um, coming from that present reality that we're experiencing that that Jesus has come and he is going to come again. Yeah, it, it's really interesting. Um, you know, lots of people struggle with having that clear sense of identity. Mm. Like we're always, I know like some, and Molly, you know, we, we've talked about this, like the importance of like some of the kids in youth mm-hmm. getting their identity and yeah. just how people wrestle with this. And if you don't understand who you are, how are you going to understand what you're called to, yeah. what your vocation is, how to find purpose, what should be satisfying, you know, just so much stuff hinges on it and yet i think in our culture we're growing to have a greater appreciation that our identity is rooted in the story we feel yep. like we're a part of yeah mm. and, and 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 how important that is to us and mm-hmm. in some ways we're healing a little bit uh, i think millennials are kind of going to be at the, the front edge of this wave of healing from having been told that you need to make your own story yep this highly individualistic kind of baby boomer onward Mm -hmm. like yeah make your own story and yeah that didn't end well like Mm -hmm. loads of people are like lonely wondering how to ground any sense of purpose Mm -hmm. in their life and yet jesus institutes for the church this regular thing that basically is about us situating ourselves in a story in a story that's bigger than us yep in a story that helps us understand the presentness of our god to us in every aspect of our life um and 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 it it sort of grounds us in this foundation in the past of god's kingdom of god having accomplished something established something done something and yet it reaches forward into the future and says hey you're on a path to see this thing flourish yeah And, and so we we do we sit like it's a moment where we sit in some tension and yet wow what a way for some of the questions of the week to just wash into a whole different perspective. Yeah. 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 So well. good. All right. Well, I think that's enough for today. So we should, uh, I'm going to verbalize these so we don't forget like next week. <laughs> yeah. We should talk about like, is Jesus, cause here's an interesting one. Is Jesus actually present to us? Do we encounter him in communion in a way that's unique or mm-hmm. special or different to just maybe me praying in the car on the way home? Yes. Know? Um, what's so special about a bread and a cup you know why and 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 there's probably some other questions like talking about community like yes i I think you're right we do view communion as like a kind of private moment of us and jesus but it's actually a moment where we make a connection with god but we make a connection with people to our left and our right as well yeah it's a both and And so yeah we i think we need to spend significant time on that just because we live in the most individualistic society ever on yeah. the planet yep. so it's totally. just something we need to hammer on and then maybe like why do we do it every week at Westside? Mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah that's so, good so there you go okay that'll be part two so that'll be part two look out for that coming soon thanks for listening guys yeah thank you See ya. thanks for listening to this episode of the house of learning podcast 
This podcast is produced by At Jesus Church College, based at Westside At Jesus Church in Portland, Oregon. AJC College trains and mobilizes the next generation of kingdom leaders through an accredited four-year degree in biblical studies with an emphasis on leadership and formation. We combine classroom learning with mentoring and ministry apprenticeship for a third of the cost of traditional college. To find out more, go to ajccollege.org or follow us on Instagram to find out if this is where God could be calling you to explore your calling. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review, subscribe, and share it with someone. And if you have a question you'd like us to chat about, please let us know. You can email us at podcast at ajccollege.org. If you can, send us a 20-second audio recording saying who you are and where you're from, along with your question, and we'd love to include it in a future episode.